Well, hello, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Chapel Chimes Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to chiming in on what's going on in our culture, inside the church, and outside the church. Please like, subscribe, and share, and we'd love to hear from you. Now, without further ado, Chapel Chimes. Hey, folks. Welcome back to Chapel Chimes. I'm your host, Dallas Payton, Jr. I'm so glad that you have chosen to listen or download. I hope that you'll like and subscribe. Chapel Chimes. You know, we started this um, podcast some time back now uh, to really have an avenue to address and to um, really chime in on things that are going on that uh, are not necessarily outside the church, but things that I didn't feel necessarily comfortable as a a pastor spending time from the pulpit addressing. Sometimes they're cultural things. Sometimes they are things, maybe even in the news, um, things that you just don't want to address hardly from the pulpit because you want to preach the Word. Uh, and, and this will especially be a good episode for those folks in our church that I would like to have the conversation with you. We don't, don't always have time. Uh, but I want to chime in on something today. And before we do, though, I want to pray and ask God's blessing. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray you be with us here just for this time we have together. I don't know who will be listening. I don't know who this may help. It might just be something to inform someone. But I pray that this would be a, a time, almost like a lecture, that we can hear and somehow at least be educated a little bit and uh, at least another pastor's opinion as we chime in on this subject today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanted to address something, and and as I was just thinking about it in my mind, and and we haven't had an episode for a while, I want to get back to having several here pretty close. I'm going to have my son, Pastor Austin Payton, back with us. I think a lot of folks kind of like the father-son going back and forth. Um, I like to have some other guests, some other preachers, and I like to have some of the other folks from other podcasts come on, kind of, uh, you know, plug their podcasts and things. But, um, but today I wanted to just talk to you about a, a th- something that I've always been interested in, and it seems as though it is um, kind of right here uh, in front of us again and around us again, and especially those of us who are in church, and that is. Um, denominations, uh, denomination and denomination, denominationalism. And, um, I I want to, uh, I I really want to deal with it today. If I can, when we say, uh, denomination, um, we talk about different religious denominations and, and what does that mean? And where do they come from? And, um, I just want to kind of deal with that and look at that. And, and I, I want to begin by just saying, I remember as a, you know, a backslidden teenager, my, my testimony, and I've shared before here on Chapel Chimes, but I was, I got saved as a, as a boy, got away from the Lord. And, you know, one of the things that, that bothered me quite a bit was that there was so many different 
denominations. You know, I would just ask the simple question, why so many churches? You know, you'd see the uh, Baptist church methods or all the different groups of churches within Protestant Christianity. And as I've grown, of course, and studied this out quite a bit, it's, it's even more complex than that. And so, you know, I do have a personal, like all of us do, relationship with the denominations, denominationalism. I, I kind of have a, I won't say unique. I'm, I know there's others in the same boat, but I think, you know, and from the mid-60s on, as the divorce just come, become rampant in the United States, we see families and homes that are broken. And because they're broken, you have more opportunity to see people that have different denominational backgrounds. You say, what do you mean? I, well, think about it. My my mom and dad broke up. I was a boy. Uh, my dad is, uh, my mom was a Pentecostal. She married a, my stepdad and went to a, a Pentecostal church. My dad is a Baptist, uh, or he was a Baptist and when we were young. And then he went into the Methodist church. Uh, so there's Pentecostalism. There's Baptist. I went to two different types of, or probably three different types of Southern Baptist, Independent Baptist, Free Will Baptist, and you know, grew up near a cult place. I uh, had friends that were in different denominations, and you know, the kind of the American story. I think we all are similar to that to some extent. You know, we we live across the street from a different church than what we go to, and you know, we we have this, and and that is my testimony. And it, and so, what is that about? Why are there so many? Somebody may ask the question, "What's up with denominations?" Well. I want to begin by just saying we think about religious denomination as a subgroup. You know, you could do a little Wikipedia, come up on Google first thing and say a subgroup within a religion that operates under a common name and tradition among other activities. And of course, we're going to talk about Christian denominations. And, you know, I've got a book that that I got when I was in Bible college, but it's it's dated. And, and I was going to share some of that. But as I did a little research there is, um, it is a handbook of denominations in the United States. I have the ninth edition. I think the, the and I haven't really bought that book since. And uh, but the the denomination or the uh, the edition, I should say, of that book now, it's either the thirteenth or the fifteenth edition. In the book that I have in my library, and I actually have a PDF on on one of my tablets here, I think. But the book that I have, um, that book lists 200 over 220 um different denominations and within protestant christianity um you know there's other denominational handbooks out there um there's there's really well-known ones and then there's branches of those and when we when we talk about denominations we there is what happens is there's the differences that divide and make these make different belief systems. Um, if if you're not familiar with that, say, well, why are there Methodists? You know, let's say a person becomes a Christian, they don't they don't know anything about church, they don't know anything about what what this denomination believes. Um, how do how do we explain that? Well, we have to begin by understanding that uh, what we believe matters. And there are um, as many different denominations as there are. Many of those are subgroups within that denomination. For example, I think in that book, um, and again, it, it's been it's been updated, but 
I remember studying that, and I think it was 33 in the ninth edition of that book, which was printed in 1990, so that's dated now. Uh, and I'm sure there's more. And in fact, I'm, I'm looking at buying that book again. But anyway, there's 33 different Baptist groups. Um, and so you have um, a lot of different groups, even within Baptist. I want to back up, though, and say that it kind of begins, the denominations begin with what we believe, okay? Obviously, Protestant Christianity was a uh, was a break off of the Catholic Church. We know about the Protestant Reformation. If you've studied it in school, and it's been over, you know, uh, you know, I guess uh, what years was it? I'm drawing a blank right now. Seven hundred years now, and uh, it's taken place. And of course, the King James Bible comes to play and. America is founded, of course, and come across the water for religious freedom. But that Protestant Reformation, uh, they become Protestant. They, um, where the Bible was the final rule of faith and practice, and uh, the Word of God was paramount, and having religious liberty and freedom, uh, not having a state church. And, and one of the things that the denomination is connected to is religious freedom. Because I venture to say, and, and I'm not an expert about denominations in, in all over the country, all over the world, but America is a unique place in the sense that it has the freedom to have different groups. So we have that we have the Protestant Reformation. I'm going to do this real quickly. We have the Protestant Reformation. We have the founding of the United States. The United States comes into being, and one of the things, one of our core tenets of, as Americans is. Free speech, free speech and the freedom of religion. In other words, there's not going to be a state-run religion. And so a person can form their own church and their own religious belief. And out of that springs these different beliefs uh, or different denominations. Now, these denominations, just to give you a kind of a, a skeleton of this, if you don't know, many of you already know this. It's going to be, you know, yada, yada. You're going to know this and, and know more than this. But if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I just never have understood that. So you have the Protestant Reformation. You have the United States becomes founded. Uh, of course, there's a lot to that, obviously. But but then with what really springs this is there really is uh, two different belief systems when it comes to salvation with in Protestant belief, and that is it is either by Christ or not, and so there's splits about that. People think you have to do certain things to go to heaven, and then you have the Calvinism, Ar Arminianism. The big thing that divided churches and made different groups in the United States was the belief of what's called Calvinism versus Arminianism, and most every denomination, if you if you was to draw a scale out, and I do this sometimes for my own self, and I teach this at our church, um, Calvinism on one end, in particular hyper-Calvinism, and Arminianism on the other end. And what that is, is that is about soteriology. And that, of course, is how is a person saved? And either a person is saved by works or they're saved by faith and there's extremes in all of those 
Uh, and by the way, I'm not saying people are not saved. I, I'm not judging anybody here. But that is where much of the dom- denominations come is by statement of faith and what they believe about salvation. And, and then it goes in further in policy and polity, how a church is operated and ran, whether it has a an individual, like like for example, I am a Baptist and Baptists have a unique position in the they make a primacy of the Word of God. They have individual soul liberty. They have separation, strong believers in separation of, of church and state. We really don't want to be state-run. Uh, and they are autonomous uh, on, the, on their own. They have their own setup. In other words, they are their own entity. They don't really belong, independent Baptists in particular, don't really belong to anybody of any other group. Now, there's other groups out there that have they're set up differently and that's the way they govern their church and some people feel more comfortable in independent churches some feel more comfortable in what's called mainline denominations and some of those mainline denominations are kind of splits off of the catholic church and and on and on it goes now that's kind of a very quick (laughs) doesn't sound very quick but it was kind of a quick summarization of denominations now there are denominations in different sex and groups within other religions but i want to address in particular you know a person becomes a christian then where do they go to church some of it can be personal preference but much of it is it is doctrine uh you know i remember when the lord started working on my heart i wanted to go to a place that i thought was really preaching the truth you know that by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone uh, I knew that Christ needed. I knew I knew much, enough about the Bible that needed to be the the where the priority was made. And and I felt in my understanding that Baptist people were the closest, in particular, to their emphasis on the Word of God. And and so that's where I felt comfortable. I'm not saying that you know that you get other there's non-denominational churches that don't hold to any statement of faith. You know the Methodist Church, which was started by the Wesley brothers and. Uh, they have a certain statement of faith. The Presbyterian Church, which is a Protestant, I would consider a mainline denomination, they have, a, they have statements of faith. These statements of faith over the years is what has divided people, and they have different denominations. And that's really where it comes from. Uh, it's way more complex than that. It's taken years for it to be. There, There is, I would say, because of the freedom and some people would say that was a negative, um, but there is, I don't think it's a negative, but there is, because of the freedom of religion, United States of America, I would have to believe, and I, again, I don't have the, the stuff in front of me at this moment, but I would have to believe that there's more denominations in the United States than probably anywhere in the world, uh, unless somewhere else would have total freedom of religion, because you really can get two or three people and say, we are a church and this is our denomination. Now, a, a, a denomination usually consists of, you know, obviously more than one church. It usually consists of a movement of churches. And, you know, if you study the United States, and, and by the way, political history and cultural history play a part in different denominations you know you you have the southern baptist you have the united methodist and part of it is was influenced by the industrial revolution and um 
just many different things, different movements within Christianity on denying the deity of Christ and liberalism and um, textual criticism and on and on it goes. And those things affected why we have different churches. Some churches, for example, there's been different denominations that have broken apart because some wanted to believe the Bible is the Word of God. Uh, and some said, no, we don't believe that it is the perfect Word of God. And so you have divisions, and those divisions and those doctrines matter. Um, and certain tenets of Scripture that are held to by bodies of believers, and that's where denominations begin. It isn't where they end. It can be very complex, and as human beings are complex. But as a general skeleton, that's really what is going on there. Um, and you kind of almost have to get in and dig and ask the questions. You know, like if a person asks me, well, why do my parents go to this church? Why does our community have this church? Even our communities, you know, I, I, I was first on staff in South Carolina and the county that we lived in was settled by Germans. And by the way, this is what they told me when I was there. I grew up in southern West Virginia. I had never, I had, ne I'd heard of them, of course, but I had, I guess, I had never seen a a a, a Lutheran church in person, for example. I go in my first place on min of ministry as a youth pastor. Um, there were Lutheran churches all over the county, all over the area, and um, and and some of those Lutheran churches were different types of churches, and so. You know, I was I learned very quickly. Oh man, there's a lot to this, and a lot of it's history. A lot of it get, gets passed down, uh, and a lot of it's what they believe. And then you get into the doctrines of salvation. You get into the doctrines of how you run a church. You get into the doctrines of the offices of a church, who preaches, who teaches, how they're ran, and and on and on it goes. And you know, and and it's not complex. But because of the freedom of religion, if somebody gets mad about the way a church is ran, they can go form their own groups of churches. And so there, there are, you know, and, and because the German people moved to that area, you know, I live in Appalachian, a lot of Protestant people that were from Northern Ireland and Scotland uh, historically moved to the Appalachians. Um, and that is you know, one of the reasons why Appalachian America is, and then even down into the South, is one of the reasons why there's so many Protestant people. I think, uh, I'm not so sure that the West Virginia maybe is as Protestant as any place in the world uh, because we're right in the heart of the Appalachians. And, and if you get into the, into the South, it's the same thing. And, and there, there's a cultural thing behind that. It's who our immigrants were. You go up into Pennsylvania, up in the Northeast, you'll see Catholicism, you see you know, where the Dutch settled and, and different beliefs because of that. And, and on and on. And and all those things matter. And it's complex. Um, and people get kind of confused. I think Satan uses that. But many of them are very, very similar. They're not as they're not as apart as you may uh, think. For example, I'm an independent Baptist, but for the most part, independent Baptists and Southern Baptists, uh, as far as their doctrine goes, uh, is very, very similar. We believe very similar. Um, you take Nazarene Church, for example, as a denomination. I personally think the Nazarene and the Methodist, especially historically, are very, very similar in 
in their doctrine and even in somewhat in their practice. Um, you get in the Church of God and the Pentecostalism and the Charismatic movement. Many of them believe many of the same tenets, but they have different groups of them, for example. And so that's really where denominations uh, come from. And I want to address that. I know it's kind of a long thing to look at, and I wouldn't really talk about that behind the pulpit, even though it is important because you'll go into any city in the United States and you'll have you'll have a group of Methodist churches, a group of Baptist churches, uh, and a group a group of you know depending on where you're at, you know there'll be the Catholic Church, there'll be Pentecostal churches, and there's usually several groups. Now, what's happened over time is these groups that have really held to the Bible, that have really evangelized and had outreaches and had some prominence in the fact that they've been able to continue holding to a certain standard of belief, which is what denominations do, they kind of rise to the top, so to speak. In other words, uh, you know, the, I don't know what the, you know, you got Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, um, you know, Catholic, Lutheran, Pentecostal, um, Nazarene, Church of God. There are a certain group of them. Again, now there was 220 in that book that I've read, and, and I think there's more, of course, today, 33 different Baptists. But the 33 different Baptists, many of them would have a lot that would, that would be more alike than it would be different. And then part of it is that people just have personal preferences. For example, if a local church or a group of churches believes in a certain singing style or preaching style or dress or something like that, somebody may feel more comfortable going to that church. And uh, that gets very, very different. That can be different from county to county, state to state, city to city in the United States. Um, and some of those things really don't matter. But there we go. Now, I want to mention all that because what's going on today um, we have with these denominations, and you're seeing some of it in the news, and I've said this a few times at church about, you know, there's denominations that are struggling, and, you know, what's, you know, what that's all about, and people kind of look at me like, what in the world is he talking about? Um, and, you know, th th it is some real problems here uh, that's going on within the two that I see uh, are the Southern Baptist Convention and the Methodist Church, uh, United Methodist Church, um, then, you know, they're going to have, um, for example, the Southern Baptist Church had its worst ever membership drop in 20, 2022. Um, the Southern Baptist Convention oust five women-led churches, um, the Saddleback Church and others set to appeal ouster from Southern Baptist Convention. Um, Southern Baptist Convention loses half a million members. There's some real problems in the Southern Baptist. I had somebody reach out to me about the United Methodist Church. Those are two big denominations in our area, um, and they are both, it seems, kind of, in, from what I can see from the outside looking in, kind of... Uh, being knocked around a little bit, kind of faltering a little bit, kind of you know, losing their way. And part of it is because of what's going on. And I just want to address that. And I may have, I've got a family member. He may hear this and say, hey, man, get, hit me up on this. He, 
he knows a lot more about this. He is, I think he's within the Southern Baptist Convention and kind of and can kind of tell you kind of from the ground up. Somebody may hear this and says, hey, man, you don't understand all the details of it. And I'm sure I do not because, again, I think it's a nuanced, complex thing. But uh, basically, it looks to me that you got a conservative group of Southern Baptists that would be probably more akin to the way I believe. And then you got almost a a very, uh, what we'd say, a progressive, uh, for lack of a better word. You know, we used to say contemporary back in the 80s and 90s, but uh, the contemporary would probably be more in the middle. Uh, and, and you kind of have two two different factions within all of these groups. And they are really battling now, uh, and because denominations have always battled, uh, but they're really battling now, for example, in the Methodist Church, the the ordaining of women, the ordaining of homosexuals, the embracing of critical race theory, the embracing of woke ideology, and all the things that you see on the news and in the media is being played out in these denominations because there's literally millions of people involved. Even though they're losing people, there are millions of people involved. And so that's what we're seeing, and we're seeing a real undoing in fact, somebody made this statement. One of the reasons I'm making this podcast is somebody made this statement here, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and it caught my ear, and it said, we are living now in post-denominationalism. And I'd never thought about that. But because these major denominations are losing their footing, when I say losing, I'm not saying they're ceasing to exist, but it used to be they were very big and very strong and, and knew exactly what, who they were, what they were. But because there are such radical agendas in modern America, we are seeing really a almost a tearing apart of these denominations. And by the way, it's not just these two. It seems to me whenever it is even brought up, there are certain factions and groups because, you know, many denominations really are mirrors of what's going on in our culture and in our society. And we know this. And so we see this, this tension, if I can say it that way. There's always been a tension of like how to worship. You know, some folks would maybe have, you know, rock music or more contemporary worldly or, you know, I guess worldly sounding type of music or different type of instruments or different decorum, different styles. And so that the people would disagree with that with each other and go to different churches and form different groups. There's always been some of that type of tension uh, between, you know, north and south, between rural and city. You know, big city church has a different feel than a country church, those types of things. But this has went beyond that. This has went to, to where, like, big evangelicalism has looks totally different from what an independent Bible-believing church in the country would just... It's as, almost like they're not even the same belief at all. Um, where Christ somehow gets caught, gets lost in all of it. And, and I believe we're seeing a fleeing from big, big evangelicalism because of their embrace of the LGBTQ movements, transgenderism, and all those things are being embraced by our culture. And there's a split, and there's people that are going to be very, very staunchly against that. 
And we see, for example, the big name that came out uh, not long ago was some very heretical teaching in my estimation. And I think in most others that, that believe the Word of God, uh, Andy Stanley, the fa famous father, the famous name himself, um, I mean, what he says and what he has been saying kind of speaks for itself. I'm not going to get into all of that today, but that's a, a leader within a denomination that's really going a different direction. Uh, I watched some of the Rick Warren's things that he said uh, as a Saddleback Church leader. And what's going to happen next with all that remains to be seen. I've kept up with some of the banter between some of those leaders within the Southern Baptist Convention that's on Twitter, um, and it, it can be hard to see. By the way, speaking of Twitter, I, I have seen, uh, I watched the big, I guess, it, I guess it did split in the Anglican Church in England. I went through some of the same exact things between embracing the ordaining of homosexual priests and things of that nature. Obviously, Anglicanism would be different than than what what why we would believe as Baptist people. But we see this, and we just see a. I think it's an end times thing. I think there's a lot going on, and we actually right now we're in the process of seeing, in my estimation, a shifting and a twisting and a changing of um, the, the denominations as we've known them before. Uh, we're going to have to rewrite that book on Christian denominations in the United States. Um, and so I just thought I would chime in on that. Um, I know some friends of mine were telling me about, you know, what's going on in the Methodist church and some of the old guard that's still there. You know, they're trying to hold out hope that they can stand the tide. But it is felt like now from what I'm hearing on the, on the street, so to speak, or from the pew, and now I don't go to a Methodist church, and I've, I don't go know that I've ever been to one, but I've lived around them. My dad is a longtime Methodist pastor. He passed away a few months ago, but uh, you know, several years ago, here in the conservative state of West Virginia, there was a 60-40 split amongst the Methodists at that time about ordaining homosexuals, I believe it was, and I was kind of like, well, well, at least it didn't pass. And I remember then my dad said to me, he said, yeah, but he said 40% is a lot of people that are for that. And he was concerned about it. And that was probably 22 years ago or so, 23. And so here we are now, and, and it's went way beyond that. And, and from what I can gather, some of the conservative Methodist churches are really, you know, trying. I've, I've read some of the articles and, and, you know, there's a back and forth. And, of course, then you get into, you know, they don't really say that. They don't really believe that. This church is, is you know, are they going to hold to this standard of faith? And I know within the Southern Baptist, you have the, uh, you, you have the uh, different uh, statements of faith that, that they hold to um, and sign off on those. And you have the conservative resurgence and all those things that are going on. And so we see a real divide. Uh, today with the denominations. And, and I just kind of wanted to chime in here and talk about that a little bit. I know it's kind of a, I kind I don't want to ramble. I don't want to just go on and on about this. But, you know, when you're sitting in the pew or, you, or you're not really around these types of things, maybe you're listening to this on your way to work or maybe you just sat down and said, man, why did the pastor deal with this? But I just want to talk about denominations as a whole. And, and there's people that study these things for years and years. 
There's some good books that you can get about them. And in fact, some of them are pretty interesting and kind of entertaining and funny. You know, church history is a subject that people have studied about and wrote about for years. I'm not pretending today to say that I know everything about that. I, I, I do enjoy studying that, and I, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on even some of the stuff that's outside of, you know, my my belief. I've, I've wrote articles and, and or wrote papers, I should say, when I was in college about, you know, Mormonism and, you know, I've, um, uh, Jehovah Witnesses and Catholicism I've studied, you know, the other religions. Now, there is a difference between religion and denominationalism. Denominations within a religion and religions are separate belief systems altogether. Uh, and then you have cults. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here right near uh, Walter Martin's book on the cults, which is a great book to study about that. And you say, well, Pastor Dice, why are you bringing all this up? Well, cults, denominations, and religions, they all impact our world. They all impact uh, in religious life what's going on. And they're having an impact. When you watch movies, the news, the television, um, they all come from some sort of worldview. And as these denominations are changing, getting twisted, maybe dissolving, maybe no longer what they used to be, we're seeing the worldview change. We're seeing the influence of Christianity, the Bible, because you know, most of these denominations, even those who I would disagree with on some issues, they do hold to the Bible. And the further we get away from it, um, if we are going to be in a post-denominational world, that may sound good on its surface. And if it's a bad denomination, then it may be good to some extent. However, in the big scheme of things, living in a post-denominational world will not be a good thing for our country and our communities because we don't need less church. We need more. We don't need less God. We need more. Uh, obviously provided they hold to basic fundamental distinctives. But anyway, I wanted to wanted to kind of chime in. It's been a little while since we had a podcast. I want to address, you know, just what is denominations. You hear it all the time. And I'll be honest with you, when I was a certain age in my life, no one had ever said what I just said here for these last several minutes. I had never heard anyone ever break down or even hardly have a discussion. I would like going forward to maybe have some folks interviewed from other denominations. They can tell us about what it is they believe. I think it's good to have conversations um, and challenge what we believe, look at what others believe, try to find common ground, stand on sep you know things that we disagree on, but uh, we, we need each other. We need to pray for one another. We need to pray for our country. Um, and, you know, for example, C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, he really deals with what it means just to be a mere Christian. He takes denominationalism as best he can out of that. He tries to, I don't think you can ever do that totally, but he tries to do that. So just a lot of interesting things to think about. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. If you if you'd like to talk or have me talk about certain denominations, maybe a little bit more, we'd like to do that. I don't have my my cohort, my son, Brother Austin, Pastor Austin now. Uh, I didn't have him today. He, he's been studied up on a lot of that as well and learning, still learning. And the thing about it is, is we're, we can always learn more. And it's changing. 
what I would have said about this five years ago is different than today. And by the time this comes out, um, it may be even more things. So just a little thought, a little chiming in. I hope it'd be a help to you. I hope it'd be just something to think about, maybe spurn your study a little bit. There's some good resources. I would encourage you. In fact, I think there's a PDF. I don't have it. I think I've got it on my phone here, but um, about it's a handbook of denominations in the United States. Uh, that's kind of good to glance through. You, it's kind of a reference book, but it's good to glance through because you'd be shocked how many different groups, over 220 in the United States in that one book alone. And I, I'd be interested as I studied this a little further, how many more there are today. Just a thought, just wanted to chime in on denominations and denominationalism. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Hope to hear from you. You can write uh, or call us. You can reach me. Usually on most platforms, reach us at our church, our Christian school. We're on all platforms now. You can reach out to us. My email is dallaspytn at yahoo.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And I hope it's been a blessing. God bless you folks. And thank you for listening to Chapel Chives. Thank you for listening to Chapel Chimes. 